Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to IWTV Guide, your guide to working on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins, and joining me as always, he's loved by millions, Charlie Butter. I'm an Effie Award winner, actually. Are you really? I am. For ten dollars, you can be too. Go <laughs> with like go with like uh, getting a bill passed in politics, throw a little money to the right people, and get what you want. Bingo. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, before I ask you how you're doing, I'm doing pretty good. The Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. <laughs> it's not a drill. <laughs> now, next week, if they lose, uh, this is going to be very difficult because you're going to be half drunk, and I'm going to have to try to do this podcast by myself. So, uh, uh, depends depend on when the game actually is. I've not heard when it's going to be yet, and I do work next weekend, so I might have to work during the thing anyway. But. <laughs> Well, everybody that I've seen so far is basically like, hey, we made it here. This is as far as we thought we'd get. So if we lose next week, we really don't care. But I mean, you never know. Most people, most rational Brown fans are thinking that way. I call a bunch of people that were like when last week hit. Oh, I don't want just the playoff. I want the division title. I'm like, what What the fuck is the tin cup? Like you can lay it up and get on the green and and, and probably win. But no, I got to prove I can hit the shot. Fuck you. I'm going to cost the goddamn playoff doing that shit. Well, you know. I guess they're all trying to go big or go home. I guess I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, when you haven't gotten to the playoff in eighteen years, you fucking you fucking do the the, the layup chip shot. Like you don't you don't fucking go for broke. <laughs> I would think that would be obvious, but you know, yeah, I got gotcha. you. But oh well, it's it's you know, some people need to need to be able to brag a little bit. They don't get to do it very often, so. <laughs> the Indians made the playoff. The Browns are in the playoff. The Cavs are four and two as we record this. Yeah, it, it, for one can actually what for once you can actually say I'm a Cleveland sports fan and not have everybody go, oh God, Cleveland, fuck you. Well, no, I think nice. people are still going to be like that towards you. <laughs> oh, dealer fans will be, but right. for the most part, Raven fans too. I'm I, I'm actually at the point that I hate Raven fans more than dealer fans. Ah, uh, they're both equally annoying, especially uh, that one on Pod Van Dam named Ed. He's he's. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what about that kid. Oh. Uh, actually let's, let's get into some stuff this week though, because, uh, the IWTV year end awards, uh, was this weekend and very controversial. Yeah. Uh, I did not get to be the show at golf, but I do have the, I was given the list of award by you actually earlier today. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally, I, I agree with two out of the five and there's one I'm looking at. I'm just like, really? But <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, there was two out of the five. The other three were just, I guess, but, just voted heavily by the ghouls. I don't know. I don't know what else to say because I don't think they're correct whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'll be, I'll be fair, and we'll go over it a little bit here. I'll be fair enough with the one. Hey, okay, I didn't see a lot of uh, a lot of their stuff. Who maybe that? Yeah, I could just be misinformed on that. But there's a couple I'm just looking at. Like, no. Mm-hmm. So to start off with wrestler of the year, went to John Wayne Murdoch. And that's the one, and that's the one I'll get there. Okay. Maybe I just didn't see enough of his work. I only call one or two of his matches. Well, uh, 
I think the big thing with this is, is that there was a big saturation this year of companies that were willing to run in these weird locations and run these weird shows that got the majority of the views. And that's basically all people had to watch this year because companies like AIW didn't run. Um, Paradigm really started picking up steam in the latter half of the year. But I mean, there was there was a big time gap there with a lot of stuff where people just didn't see enough of of some of these guys that were just pure wrestlers, and and they didn't get the uh, the eyes on them that I think that they needed to get these votes because John Wayne Murdoch was a huge port, uh, part of the ICW No Holds Barred uh, shows f- this whole summer um, and into this fall, and people were consistently seeing him two three times a month. Whereas they didn't see people like Lee Moriarty two or three times a month. They saw him maybe once, maybe twice a month. And I think that kind of hurt his chances of getting uh, that title because I think that, you know, that was that was really his title to uh, take. So, yeah, Lee Moriarty was my pick for that. Yeah. If, and if Warhorse would have won, I would have been like, OK, he's been the independent wrestling champion seemingly forever. Like, how do you vote against Warhorse? Right, so I would true. not have called that a controversial pick. Right. But yeah, but like I, I saw maybe I think I called one John Wayne Murdoch match, and that was the ICW No Hope Bar show that you actually made the trip to. Mm-hmm. And I watched live because it was the first fucking live wrestling we got from a non corporate company in like four months. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like, I like I said, there's a lot of saturation there. I think that's why a lot of these matches did get overlooked. Um, and I think that's why like some of the winners were the winners because they're that's all people saw for the year. I mean that was the news story because that's all that there was. If you, if you didn't really, you know, throw money on the collective and that kind of stuff, maybe you didn't see it live. You didn't see, you saw it later on, but didn't watch it then. Cause it was already an old news at that point by the time it aired. I don't know what it was, but it just, I can understand why things were done this way. And I think that this year is like one of those weird anomalies where like, we'll look back and be like, what the hell? These were the contenders and this is who won. How the fuck? But I mean, not taking anything away from him he he did have an amazing run this year and he absolutely deserved uh that he was shocked he didn't know that uh, he won like he found out when all of us did this he there's the only one that he didn't tell who won it in advance so i mean congratulations to him i think you know obviously that gives us something we maybe need to go back and take a look at and see what he did this year I, I had some free time last night and I uh, went back and rewatched a, a bunch of uh, bits and pieces of the ICW shows because I didn't watch a lot of them after a certain point. They just those evenings that they were on and stuff like that. I was busy doing other stuff and uh, just really wasn't in the mood for wrestling. And then I'm kind of getting back into that mood. And uh, I watched a bunch last night and uh, there's a lot of fun stuff in those shows. So, I mean, he, he very clearly could have been the clear cut winner from those alone but again you know it is what it is of course up next the tag team uh of the year this one was spot on violent and forever that this was my pick second year in a row and to celebrate they went to disneyland this is a good time of year to go not, not at the downtime of in anyway there aren't that many people there because of covid no was it disneyland or disney world which one's which Disney World is the one in Florida. Disneyland is the one in California. Okay, Disney World then. Yeah, that's the one they went I, to. My bad. Okay, I don't. I, okay, Disneyland. I think it actually still shut down. I don't even think. I don't even think it's open. Yeah, I don't think it's open either. But yeah, they were at uh, Disney World. So that was a fun little like surprise video that they did. I know that they. I knew that they were there, but I didn't know uh, that they like had filmed like their whole like victory speech there. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, 
love them I'm glad that they won for for the year and uh they're gonna three-peat it i think this year as well so up next was uh promo of the year and, and there was only one promo that i think was even that really should, like i it's the one we wanted it's the one that won uh we're gonna go ahead and play it for you right here uh so we'll be right back after uh this airs give me a second to get my thoughts like i said Motherfucker, you can leave now. <laughs> I'm getting paid to call you, so suck my dick from the back. From the back. I'm telling you right there with the mask and I'm the one fighting. Fucking Jersey trash. Yeah! I'm mildly offended. Yeah! For 18 years, I've done nothing but this. Fight. And, uh, brother, I will still fuck you up. It's not even a joke, man. If you think this is a game, I will legit fuck you up. Ten confirmed. Yeah. I'm not even lying. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This little cunt pissed me off. Hold on. There is no security. Security, let him in. But I'm warning you, I'm gonna take this thumb, I'm gonna pop your fucking eye out. You understand me? I told you what I will do to you. Yeah, boo all day, but you be fucking blind. You understand me? I do real shit. I'm not on fucking TV. Wearing a fucking hood for some fucking culture. I'll get off the stage if you force me, you fucking low life piece of shit. Tell him. We not fuck you, Harry. I'm trying to get serious, because for 18 years I've done nothing but this. And then that fucking COVID took this away from me for more than three months. I do not know what to do with my life. But you know what? I may be a loser for that, but I will always be better than you, you fucking bitch. But the one thing shop, right? The one thing I learned before I got into busting, I was gonna say this. There's three people I wanna call out. Here we go. Number one! Zack Sabre Jr. I was supposed to wrestle you August 9th. I've left pro in the UK. That's the United Kingdom. I get to go in five places to wrestle while you sit at home in your basement and jerk off to me. Jack Sabre Jr., you little fucking bitch. I don't give a fuck if you're in New Japan being protected. I'm gonna get your little prick ass in the ring and I'm gonna fuck you up. Facts. Big, big, big facts. And I will pay Second for it wherever and whenever it happens. He's the best. Second person, Cody Rhodes. Keep him. I'm saying this off my chest. You talk about fucking grinding. You talk about all this shit. Whether it's a work or not, you bitch. You haven't done nothing. You haven't done nothing. Your blonde hair is fake. Your teeth is fake. You went to acting school. Go back to Arrow. I went to a fighting school. And you talk about open challenge? My man. 
open challenge are fucking children. I'm a grown man. I dare you put me in there with you. And believe me when I tell you this, your homeboys that you're on the company with, believe me, they like me more than you. Comment. And most important, Facts. Nick Aldis, oh. you are in control of the most prestigious championship in all pro wrestling history, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, shit. No, no, he's a great grappler. He's not better than me. So guess what, Magnus? Nick Aldis, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, stop hiding behind Billy Corgan and fight me for that championship. It could be here at ICW, it could be where the fucking horses over there, over there with the fucking horses. I want a title shot, and I want to take the NWA World Championship to all Japan Pro Wrestling in the second with the sport of Pro Wrestling. of the fucking year right there. Yeah, and we got one of those matches. We got Eddie Kingston and Cody, and it was fucking awesome. Yep, and that was I, enough, because w- now Eddie is signed. He is on national TV every week, so. And Eddie and Alda could not necessarily out of the equation, but AEW does work with the NWA a little bit. Yes, so. it does. Mm-hmm. And I would still like to see that match. Yeah, that I I don't pay for a lot of wrestling pay per view these days, but I will drop fifty bucks if they put that on fucking pay per view. Like I'm not gonna lie. I don't think they would charge sixty for that. Maybe twenty. Well, it depends. It depends if it's an NWA show or an AEW show. Yeah, that's true, I guess. All right. So after that, we had match of the year, and that went to Ricky Shane Page mm-hmm. and Matt Tremont in the retirement match from H two O. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say it. I. It's not that I hated the match because I didn't. I thought it was fine, mm-hmm. but I but I do think it was probably the weakest of the nominee, and I feel like the the Matt Tremont re- retirement memorial reward. I mean, yeah, tied this with the moment of the year being him retiring. I mean, I can kind of see it that way. It's kind of what it feels like. Not taking anything away from him again because you know for moment of the year there wasn't really a whole lot so that, that him retiring uh, could have been the moment of the year for a lot of people um yeah but the I can, match I can, of the I year i argue his retired them in the moment of the year it's not what i voted for but i i could argue that that a moment of the year i don't right. think that's a controversial pick the match of the year being being that yeah it's uh i mean between that and it you know the the multiple options of like there's two Lee moriarty matches i believe in the the running for that so it Again, I think it's that saturation. H2O is running real heavy towards the end there, and that's going to be fresh what's on people's minds because that's literally what just happened. And then there's awards to vote on. 
Do you do you think though Liam Moore already having two matches might have split the vote a little bit? It's absolutely possible because I know a lot of people that would have would vote for Lee, but voted for Lee and Alex Shelley because it was an AIW match, even though the better match was him and um, Daniel Macabre. Right. So I think that did split the vote on him. So that might have been an issue there, um, which might not have been fair. They should have picked one or the other on that and just you know let that lead from there. And I, I, that very well could have been the issue. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And again, not taking anything away from Matt Tremont, but he had a great career, and obviously he had a lot of fan you know, for that many people to vote for him in the first place. The match were the match were good, and any other year I might have even given it a, given it a consideration, but just. I'm not a huge deathmatch guy, so that it doesn't do anything for me. So I mean, sorry. And and like I said, it's this is ghoul heavy. There's a lot of like stuff that just really the deathmatch ghouls were really into, and it's a lot of what what came out of this. And it is what it is. I mean, you know, next year could be the complete opposite. I think they need to come up with a new way of doing these uh these year end uh results. And I don't know if there needs to be a where you vote what gets into them to begin with. I think it should be uh, looked at from a company perspective, like from IWTV internally and give you a list of, you know, like 10 or 15 in each thing and let you go from there. I don't think that you should, you know, get narrowed down to like a whole, like whatever got the most out of like five or six things. I think there should be like 10 to 15 and let it go from there because the more options, there's a lot more options than just what you're putting out there for stuff. So what I would like to see if they do decide to, to keep the nominations the way they did this year, where the subscribers are doing the nominations as well, allowing people to pick like two or three things instead of just one. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, if you watch a lot of independent wrestling, how do you pick just one match for match of the year? How do you pick just one moment for moment of the year? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that there needs to be a bigger selection pool of stuff. Like you're, you narrowed it down way too much to start off with. There was things that I think should have been in there that weren't in there. And, uh, and that's not because, uh, well, this is, you know, the most of whatever, because nobody remembers like 90% of this stuff. Like what was voted, like a handful of the people that were voted for, like still didn't make it in it. Cause it's just, it's what's you think of right there on the time. You don't, that's not an, I think that should, it should be that way. You should just give them 10, 15 options for each and go from there. If you want to narrow it down from there. Okay. And then give you the finals and then let them revote on the finals. That's one thing, but I just, I think it was too, what's going on at this moment as to what should be on this list? Because I think it was a very much in the moment thing and not a, let me think overall what had this impact because people forget what happens. I mean, you know, we argued about this for a long time that people don't forget everything, but over this year, people forgot stuff that happened at the beginning of the year. So yeah, I I know I, I don't like bringing corporate wrestling into this. It's not what the show about, but I remember saying with uh, talking about Kenny Omega that I didn't think he really had, he really had that good a year. And then somebody brought up, well, what about the Iron Man match with Pac? And I went, that was this year. And yeah, it was February, February yeah. 2020, but it was before the pandemic. So in my mind, it was 2019. It was way in the past. Right. I think that I think that hurt in this particular year. That hurt a lot of things as well. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised the Alex Shelley Lee Moriarty match made it as a nominee because it was February. It was pre-pandemic. Right. right. Well, there's just a lot of stuff. It's it's really. I mean, it made it, but it's like, did it really make it? Did it? Because I mean. 
it's just i don't know there's i'd have i want to kind of see like if it was 100 percent legit like that and then kind of go from there but i think they need to do something different if i if i had my say we'd, we'd come up with a completely new way to do it next year and we wouldn't do voting until after the first of the year because there's some like stuff that just sneaks in at the end every single time like that limitless show i had like three or four matches that like got put on my list and we had already voted and the voting had been locked and closed for like two weeks right and i, I so i think you need to you need to hold off your year-end votes until like into january and then you need to have that overall amassed amount of those 12 months like stuff from every promotion and all that kind of stuff and just kind of give everybody a list of okay here's 15 moments here's 15 promos here's all this stuff come back like let them vote for a week or two then whatever your top five are from there move those on do it again and see what happens or just go right from there one vote and you're done but give them ideas and options because nobody's going to remember every single moment. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe this one is better than this one. Some- like even nominating a moment of the year, like, okay, like what do you consider? What do you consider a moment? Like, right. I know. Like you considered uh, the mat, like what the uh, Josh Bishop winning the belts, the AIW titles as, as your moment. So, I mean, like that's, that's a moment to, to you. Does that qualify to a moment to somebody who maybe doesn't watch AIW? I mean, yeah. you see what I mean? Like there needs to be lots of different options. And you're like, oh, well, somebody won these belts. Let me see, like, let me see this moment. You can go back and watch all this stuff. Maybe that'll change your opinion on what it is. Or maybe they already have something in mind with, I think this was the best thing ever. I remember this and that was really crazy to see happen. That's what I want. It is what it is. But I, I think that there needs to be some changes next year. Hopefully we'll see some changes. Uh, they'll hear this and make some changes or, you know, something. So but let's get into what's on IWTV this week, and then we can get into our review of Flophouse Wrestling. Absolutely. Not a not a ton on the streaming schedule, at least actually recording. That they could always add something here and there. but They could, but they really haven't lately, and it's uh, it's been, there, you know, it, it's a not, light. There, there's not a lot new to add, in fairness. I mean, there's only two live shows this week that, that are even on here. No. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's wintertime, so, you know, it's going to be a little bit uh, more limited. Uh, so let's start with Wednesday, January 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling, The Road Season 2, Episode 12, followed by at 10 p.m. Eastern, Paradigm Pro, UWFI Rules, Contender Series, Episode 3, Thursday, January 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern, New Wave Pro, See You at the Crossroads, Friday, January 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern, No Peace Underground, Memento Mori. Saturday, January 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern, ICW No Holds Barred, Volume 9. And that's what's on IWTV this week. All right. With that, let's go ahead and get into our review. And this week, we are going to be reviewing Flophouse Wrestling Goddamn Holiday Special. Taped on December 19th, aired on on demand on Christmas Day from an undisclosed location, which just happened to be the NWP Arena, the New Wave Pro Arena in Terre Haute, Indiana. That the the closure came pretty early in the in the release of that there. Yeah, the Coco NWP logo like on screen like throughout the show, which kind of made it a little bit easier to pinpoint too. But look at you doing detective work. You're like one of those women on Facebook that just finds people. Yeah, yeah. And our friend Edward K. I did a journalism. <laughs> All right. 
Like, uh, let's go ahead and get into the show. We're going to open with Jordan Dye against Cole Radrick. And on paper, they look actually one of the more appealing matches on the entire card. Yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised with this match going in. It, it kind of was uh, back and forth, and, and it was pretty interesting. And yeah, we got some pretty good chain wrestling early on here. Uh, Radrick, I guess, would be the heel here. He's more aggressive early on. Yeah, Dye seems to yeah, be more willing to work within the rules. Uh, one of the handheld was having a hard time staying still. I uh, was actually getting a headache from the one camera and one camera shot they kept going to. Mm-hmm. And that's probably my biggest issue production wise with this show. Yeah. I thought commentary was okay. If we want to jump into production, uh, before we go back to everything else, uh, commentary, I thought was pretty decent. Um, I, I did enjoy the commentary and, uh, Arthur McArthur friend of the show actually, uh, did some commentary throughout. Uh, also, uh, announcing the show, her return to wrestling, uh, after stepping away, uh, last year was step soul Sarah. Yeah. So it was nice to, to hear her back, uh, doing announcing, uh, she's one of my favorites. So I'm, I'm very happy for that. And, yeah, uh, and the, the other production issue we had is you could, is with the different mics that were being used, like you could hear her playing a day and also hear a really faint echo from one of the other mic at the same time and a couple of times. That might doing have, her thing. That might have been an issue. Well, here's the cool thing about it, though, is that however they had this setup done, you could actually hear her announcing in the, the the cam. So, like, you could actually hear what she was saying, and it wasn't just like trying to pick it up from what, however it was. Like, whatever the setup they had was a little messed up, but it worked to the point that you could actually hear what the hell she was saying. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these other shows that are on IWTV. The mic is not set up with the hard cam or whatever, so you have no audio. Just whatever it picks up, and it could you could they could be screaming, and you could barely hear it. So at least we could hear what she was saying. So props to them for however they got that to work. So <laughs> I was I was actually like, okay, you know what? Even if there's an echo, it's fine. It works. It works. Okay, <laughs> but back to I the match. Have, yeah, I must have actually gotten distracted near the end here because I started to write a note of what to finish was, and it like cut off after like three words. So I actually don't have the finish written down here. I know Jordan died one around the ten minute mark, but I don't have the finish written down, and I cannot remember it for the life of me right now. I think it was some type of roll up. Yeah, so. He hit a low blow on Cole Radrick and then did a schoolboy roll up with his feet on the ropes. That's how he got the the win there. Okay, how the fuck did I not note that? Because that was completely the opposite of how they were working the match up to that point. Like I would, I would have normally been right on top of that. I don't know, man. It's one of the kids distract you. I don't know. <laughs> must have must have been. Probably when you're trying. Probably you're trying to when you work all week and you're actually and you're trying to watch the show like coming home from work. And you can try and get your attention at the same time. I don't recommend doing that if you can avoid it. <sighs> I seriously did not know you had that in the switchboard. That's fucking perfect. <laughs> I have a room shot. I have that. I have a DJ air horn. I got applause. And I also have Delson. Okay. So let's go ahead and move on to our next match. It is a friend of the show, Arthur McArthur, taking on Schwartzky. The strongest man in the land against the man with the biggest dick in the land, from what I'm gathering from commentary. Yeah. I have not seen it. I do not know this. From you know, what, you know what they say, though? If you got to brag about it, it's not really that big. Probably not. But again, I've not shared a locker room with a guy. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming been, 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 he claimed that his entire locker room can seen the thing by now. You but. uh, you share locker rooms? You, you gaze and meet when you're in the locker rooms? What are not you doing? on purpose. <laughs> 
come guy, come guy, come guy, show their shit off. Hey, look at me. I'm sure we both know a few of those people. Uh, you know, you know at least one of them for sure. When name on the air. Oh, I know exactly who it is. I know exactly who it is. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, go. So this game played mostly for comedy. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it is absolutely fun. Uh, Arthur MacArthur is playing the heel here, which we came in AIW where he's pretty popular for the most part from the AIW crowd. So this is uh, very unique to keep Arthur MacArthur basically being the bad guy here. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of reversed. You got the the Schwartzies, uh, you know, the hometown boy for Flop House, and and Arthur's not, so it's kind of flip flopped here. There you go. Late in the match, MacArthur countered a step over toehold into an inside cradle. Schwartzky countered into a cradle of his own for the pin. Seven minute and 45 seconds. Really fun stuff. Uh, after the match, MacArthur laid out Schwartzky with the bear hug until Big Hug comes out and makes the cave. And even Schwartzky's like, what the fuck are you doing caving me? Like, we, you don't like me. What's going on? Right. Yeah, they had uh, they cut promos and stuff in between this too, which I thought was really cool. And uh, they had the music from... Uh, family vacation the christmas vacation like playing in the background that was kind of a nice touch for all like the backstage stuff that they kind of hit on throughout throughout the show and the promo they had after this one was big kind of explaining to shorty why he gave him mm-hmm. and shorty still not sure he was gonna trust him so nice, nice touch building something in the future i like it right on from there we go to the four-way scramble match we got bastard cackity against dalton diamond chase nally and tanner nick and this one was pretty much over before it started. Yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on and why it was so damn short, but holy shit. Yeah, basically, um, yeah, Cackley is the primary target for the other three guys. He's the largest guy. We're trying to, they're trying to get him out of there. And then a couple of guys kicked some stuff, and then Nick kicked a corkscrew couplet for the pin. That was good. It was less than three minutes. Yeah, of all the matches that I would have cut short, it wouldn't have been this one. Yeah, I was I was wonder I was wondering if like this McCoy could be a two count and he did kick out or if somebody got hurt and it went home like I don't I or maybe what the plan the whole time I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, here we are. You can't even give this a star rating on cage match. <laughs> yeah, too short, too short to give the like, star rating on cage match. Can't even rate it. <laughs> but I like Bastard Cassidy. I like seeing him, so I was happy to see him. So. Actually, the only one of the four with a profile on Cage Match is Dalton Diamond, but you couldn't rate it. Even if it was five minutes long, you couldn't rate it. <laughs> well, what do we got next, Jayhawk? All right. So from there, we've got Apollo Star against Ikea Moore. I thought this was a good match. This I might actually, be my favorite match on the show, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I was impressed by both guys. I want to see more. Uh, sign me up, man. This is, a, this is a fun back and forth match. I like this. Yep. So more more of the high flyer. Go so Star. Plan is to try to keep him grounded. That's a pretty good job for a good portion of the match. Uh, this is where I really wish somebody who was editing the show would have been paying some attention. Because clear, obviously they didn't tape everything in order, and they didn't bother telling commentary that we're not taping in order. Because the Liverpool lip here gives away the result of the tag team gauntlet match that we have not yet seen. Dude, I totally missed that. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't I, I get that. I made a note of it. I'm like, that match is still like two matches away. Like, what the fuck? Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah, that's a big boo boo. How did yeah, I miss I mean, that? If you're if you're gonna tape out of order, at least like Martin commentary up on it. How the heck did I miss that? That's so weird. Hmm. Yeah, pink, the pink lift match does pick up when Moore can control. Uh, he get uh, gets a very close pinfall uh, attempt after the yeah, after the after a goop power slam. Actually, a little bit of an arrogant cover on top of it. 
Uh, we do finally get a, a Fisherman Kuplex from Star for the pin in 838. This was another match that seemed that finished just kind of out of nowhere. Like, this was, this was another one. It was just getting going and kind of ended. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still liked it. I, like, I don't think it's my favorite match of the show, but if this one gets another five minutes, I think we're talking about like a potential classic. Yeah, this was, uh, I like the Fisherman uh, Suplex finish. Uh, you don't see it very often anymore. I know like that, you know, Shane Douglas being one of my all-time favorites. So seeing that, like, I dig it. I like Mr. Perfect's version as well. I, I dug it. I, I like the finish. Uh, yeah, it was seemed like it was kind of out of nowhere. Maybe a couple more minutes to, to kind of play around a little bit and then take it home. But I, I thought it was good. Okay. Go from there. Uh, back uh, pro, pro, uh, promo in between here is Taryn coming over to greet Mickey Knuckle. Mickey Knuckle looking at her like, who the fuck are you? Get away from me. Right. That does play in. That does come into play a little bit later on. Yeah. And then we get the holiday horror shit show match. Kenny Black taking on the Carver. So fun story about this. So I had not seen the Carver before, uh, except for last night when I watched Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. Uh, they did a show on YouTube. Uh, I just watched it mainly because uh, I was supporting Dom Greeny because he had a match against Manders on there. And the Carver, I believe, was like the next match after that. And he hung a guy to win the match. So I had a little bit of an idea of who the Carver was going into this. And I felt that they there was a lot of fun tropes that they could have pulled out with this that they kind of sort of did a little bit with her being like a final girl and him being like the evil, like, you know, monster killer from like the thing. Uh, I would have liked to seen, uh, I don't know. It felt a little sloppy, but I feel like that the general idea was here for it. This is the match I felt could have gone three minutes and wouldn't have meant anything. This is essentially a squash that goes on for nine minutes. Kenki Black gets maybe two or three moves in the entire, it gets maybe two or three moves in the entire thing. And it just goes on, it just felt like it dragged, it just went on and on for me. I get what the story they were trying to tell with it. They could have told it a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah, they do tease the hanging spot. They don't actually get to it. Carver finally gets the win with the curb stomp. Essentially, it was 10 minutes of Carver, 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 Hope Spot, Carver, 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 Hope Spot, Carver, Carver, Carver. Two hope spots for 10 minutes. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. From there, we go to the tag team gauntlet match to crown the first ever Flophouse tag team title. This is, for the most part, really good. You've got six teams involved with it. We get started with the team of Rocco Eat Lika. That just sounds like a bad porn film. I'm sorry. Mikey and Gak of Rocco Eat Lika uh, starting off with the Skimmerhorn Brother. They have a, they go about seven minutes or so. They have a really good match. Yeah, I started to fade on on this match. Uh, I knew it was going to be a longer match because it was a tag team gauntlet, and I just uh, it, I don't know what it was, but like from this match on, it felt like what was left of the show was I think like an hour and a half. Felt like it was like four and a half hours. I mean, I, I don't know what it was. Just I don't know if it was just I needed to take a break and come back to it. I didn't do that. I, I just I powered through, but. I was really struggling from this point forward. Okay, I did take a break after this, mostly because I was watching the show after work, and I was like falling asleep just because I was freaking. I'd been I'd worked ten hours before starting to watch this. Right, and I was just like I don't have another hour to watch wrestling after it. Yeah, I watched it this afternoon. Uh, I had some lunch while I started it, and then I was just kind of sitting here watching it, and as uh, I, you know, fiddled around, and I just. I don't know what it was, man. Like it just hit a certain point and I'm just like, wow, this feels like this has been going on for four hours. What's happening here? 
But continue. Uh, let's continue with the match because I don't want to. It's not the match's fault. I feel like the match was fine. It just something. I don't know. Just for some reason, after this point, the, everything seemed like it took a really long time to get going. And then when it felt like it was getting going, then it would just end suddenly. And the next thing, when I don't know, like my timing was just off with the rest of the show. It felt like in my head. Yeah, no, that what, what could that match have fought at all? I mean, overall, looking really good. Mm-hmm. Rocco Eat Linka get the win here. And then out come friend of the show, the Bitcoin boy, Mikey Montgomery and Eric Taylor. And they do they have a really good match here. So I got a question for you about tag team gauntlet matches because, you know, WWE liked to do them a, a bunch uh, in years previous, do you feel like it can only go one of several ways? Do you like, I feel like that they're, they don't do enough for like, for tag teams. Cause like you, like you can start off, you have this really good tag team match. Then like the next team that comes out, uh, almost always beats the team that just had the long first match. And then like they get beat. It's like, it never feels like there's a, I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's not multiple stories to be told in a match like this. It's almost always the same exact story being told every single time to where like it's elimination, elimination, elimination. Like nobody like just runs through a bunch of teams. It's always like, no, like you had this long match. You barely won. Another team comes out. That's fresh beat you real quick. Then they get beat by the next team. Then they get beat by the next team. And you're not necessarily wrong, especially when it comes to corporate wrestling, when they try the, uh, and, here, and here's my thing with that. Like, realistically, they tell better story with the individual gauntlet matches. And that's where the story of, well, you just had the claw match, you can be pretty quickly, makes more sense. Because in a tag team gauntlet match, you have a tag team partner who presumably had not been in in the ring as much as you have. Mm-hmm. So in my, my opinion, like, logically speaking, these should go along and be able to tell a better story because you can tag in that tag team partner and buy yourself some time. I, I feel like there should be more instances in the tag team gauntlet magic of team eliminating two or three teams before getting beat, and probably fewer in the individual gauntlet matches. Right. Yeah. Bitcoin boy pick up the win there, and then we get the tag team of the Young Dragon coming out. Young Dragon consisting of Dale Patrick and Josh Crane, and they have a nice little match here. Young Dragon pick up the win there at about five, about five minutes into that one, and then playing off of what we saw earlier on, we get. Mickey Knuckle coming out, followed by Taryn. And this is one where Taryn is getting the crap kicked out of her. Mickey Knuckle has the arm extended for a tag, but she doesn't really want to tag because the arms are kind of standing out there because they don't get the tag and then Taryn gets beat. Mm-hmm. And then that brings out the final team of the original skin of Dick Michael and Tyler Lytle. And that does lead to the original skin getting the win and the tag team champion championship. Like, there's, good, there's a lot of good stuff here. And I like gauntlet matches, so I enjoy this for the large part. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you are correct in that sense, though. The only team to get two eliminations wound up being the Young Dragons. And what, the second one of those was because you got tag team partners that don't, don't well, one partner doesn't like the other partner, and that, and that led to the finish. Like, it wasn't, they didn't beat two tag teams necessarily. Right. Because that, that would be my only real criticism of it. It's really good stuff, though. Yeah. I just, any like, I used to get real hyped for them, and then I just felt like the formula just never works for tag teams. Works well for, for individuals, but for tag teams, it just falls apart for me every time. I just, because it's really all about the luck of the draw at that point. If you get the final straw on that, you're probably going to win the match. Like, it's it's almost a guarantee. Like, it rarely ever has been, you know, the, the team that's gone all the way through or the team that, you know, the just one is going to beat you too when you're fresh. So, I feel like... That should yeah, and, be played up more. Yeah, and, and I watched a couple of the uh, previous Crystal Kingdom shows this week, this week as well when I had a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. 
And the, their gauntlet for the kick man tag titles were be- the same way. Yeah. And like, yeah, let 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 one team have a couple wins every once in a while. Yeah, let's, yeah. If only to mix it up a little bit. Right. After the match, we get a backstage promo. Uh, the Carver has Kenny Black in a body bag because stopped in front of him, grabs the body bag, and walks off. That's the last we see of any of any of them for the show. Well, what happened? Well, he'll find out on the next show, maybe. I'm I'm assuming. Which is going to drop on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, they got a smaller show coming out Tuesday. Actually, I have the information right here. Uh, let's see. So Tuesday uh, at 2 p.m., it'll be on demand only. Uh, private stash from Flophouse Wrestling will drop. Um, I don't know how long it is. I don't know what the matches are, but we know that there is a new episode. So you can definitely check that out if uh, this, this interests you and you check this show out tomorrow. At 2 p.m., it should be available on demand on IWTV, Flophouse Wrestling, Secret Stash. Okay, and uh, just for doing plug for future shows, I'm going to plug their show that's going to drop on January 19th weekend at Schwartzney. Okay. I've only heard I've only heard one match for the show, and I cannot wait to see it. Arthur McArthur against Thunder Kitty. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to figure out how the camera team is going to get transported back to 1938 to film it. It's going to be a silent film. I, I'm actually hoping, because I actually put that out there on Facebook as well, about about the traveling back 1938, the film, and I really hope there's like some kind of filter they put in and post. Don't, get, really don't give of, them ideas, because I just want to watch a normal show. I don't need like the grain filter going and like, no, please don't do that. Please do not do that. Yeah, I, I, it's out in the universe. If they do that, I'm going to yell at you. If they it. do that, I'm going to yell at you on the show. That's I'm fine. telling you right now. That's fine. That's fine. You can do that. <laughs> Okay, we cut. We, anyway, back to the show itself after Big Con takes the body bag. We have Tanner Lockwood cutting a promo in the ring, and he introduces the newest member of the Trust Fund, former ECW superstar, former WWF and WWE women champion, Jazz. And Jazz made it clear that she was the last WWF and the first WWE women champion. Like She made it clear to pinpoint that. Yes. And she is taking on Randy West here. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Randy Rust is clearly the crowd favorite, and Jack playing off of that. She, you know, she is clear heel. Uh, pretty even match early on. Lockwood hooks the ankle to allow Jack to start taking control. We get a couple of hope spots. It looks like what's going to come back. Jack continues to cut her off. Uh, the comeback looked really well. It looked really good with what can start happening. Uh, near the end of the match, Jack stuck and immediately break an FTF in the rope. Actually, uh, elbows the referee when the when the referee tried to break it up. Go to hit a forearm on her, but West moves. She hits Lockwood instead, and we get a roll-up for the win for Randy West in about 11 minutes. Really simple storytelling. I enjoyed this. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it, it, it helped that they made it very clear, okay, this is who you root for, this is who you boo. We're not going to play any of this. I'm going to say a lot of witty stuff, even though I'm supposed to be the bad guy type of thing. Like, Jack made it clear, hate me. In the back, we get Justin Kyle warming up for the main event, which we are going to go to. It is scheduled to be for the Flophouse Championship. Justin Kyle taking on the champion, Mo Atlas. But before the introduction can happen, Mickey Knuckle comes out and basically says she wants to be in the match because she wanted a fight and she didn't get it because her tag team partner didn't know how to tag out earlier. She also got the guys into making a match. She also got the crowd to chant uh, yeast infection. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The ma- so I'm going to get right now here. Sometimes it's better to go with next to Jazz, Mickey Knuckle, who's probably the biggest name on the card. And you want to put her in a prominent spot. And I absolutely agree that you should put her in a prominent spot because of that. When the very few times that we got Atlas and Kyle going at each other one-on-one, this had the making of being a great hot fight. 
And I think Mickey Knuckles being in there actually hurt the dynamic rather than helped it. And I'm not trying to knock, knock Mickey Knuckles when I say that. I, I don't think her being in here fit with what they were trying to do with this match. Okay. Uh, that being said, uh, it, is, it, it made a hardcore match because Mickey Knuckles said no. I'm glad to see that, she, that she's the commissioner gets to make her own matches. Good for her. Uh, we're on the floor maybe two minutes in, and we are on the floor most of the match. Uh, yeah. Mickey Knuckles' move of choice is the dick punch. She does that several times, mostly to Kyle. I don't think she did that when come to think. Well, she also said she had a bigger dick than Kyle, so. She did say that, yeah. I guess, I guess that was her proof of doing it, with punching him in the dick. I, I guess. Okay. Uh, they do dig out a ladder. Uh, Mickey Knuckles does... I don't, I don't want to really say a conversion of the Terry Funk ladder spot because it's really not, but it kind of is. I mean, she's kind of wearing the ladder, but instead of doing the airplane spin, like she's running back and forth and battery ramming both guys. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I'm sure Terry Funk was the inspiration for it, which I approve. Uh, but they do brawl throughout the building. They brawl into the bleacher. Uh, everybody is taking really awkward bumps on the bleacher. Like they're trying to be too careful not to hurt it and hurt themselves. Go look, it just look really strange. They, they finally go back toward the ring. Kyle hit that a apron powerbomb to Mickey Knuckle. Actually, one of the safest apron bumps I've ever seen. So kudos for that. Back in the rain, they get the door out. They put the door between two tables. Mickey Knuckle is lying on the door. Uh, Atlas can come on drop onto Kyle. On top of Mickey Knuckle and covered Knuckle for the pin in 1209. It had its moment where it looked like it was going to be really good. It had its moment where it really wasn't so good. Like I, I would have preferred the one-on-one match here. I really think it would have, would have been better at just the one-on-one match I would have time. Or maybe we'll get that down the road. Yeah. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that's the plan. Uh, but uh, kudos to all three people involved in this match, though, Ben. They busted their ass. Yeah, I thought this was an all right match. There's a lot of uh, crazy stuff. Like, the big thing that stuck out to me that I remember from the match is the uh, dive that Kyle did running over the guardrail onto um, – or, yeah, was it Kyle that did it? Yeah, onto uh, Mo. And yeah, I just remember there was like bleachers and like, I thought Mickey got squashed. It, it looked, it looked crazy. That's what I remember from it. <laughs> and I watched it. Uh, I don't know. Six hours ago. Backdrop on the, on the bleachers. I want to say Atlas backdrop knuckle. I might've been the other way around where just the way they landed was just really awkward and just kept our kind of cringing. And honestly, even even the even the finish, like the way they landed, like I was worried that Kyle hurt himself the way he landed on that. I mean, it's not an easy bump to take anyway. And then you got the door and the and the other body on top of it to factor in. Yeah, poor Xavier Franklin getting 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 this match to try to to try to handle it too. <laughs> He's getting that experience in, man. <laughs> He's got to be able to <laughs> do it all. This way. is she's gonna learn. <laughs> so overall, what do you think? A thumb up, thumb down, thumb in the middle. I'm gonna go thumbs up because I want to see more. Um, you know, I used to be real arrogant with if things didn't look a certain way, if the if the show, the building that the show ran in didn't look a certain way, it wasn't for me. The the if the aesthetic wasn't there, I didn't want any part of it. Um, if 2020 has really taught me anything, it's that uh, it doesn't matter, and there can still be a lot of fun and good wrestling, even if it's in a shitty venue or a backyard or wherever it takes place. So I think that uh, I gave this a chance because I knew there was uh, certain people from our area that were on it. And I knew that if, it, if they were on it, that this is probably something to look at because they usually have pretty good judgment with the stuff that they're associating themselves with. And I definitely feel like this was uh, something different, something to check out. Um, 
and I'll probably watch more. Yeah, so I'm gonna give, I'll give it a thumbs up. How about you? I will give it a a thumb up, leaning in the middle. Okay. Uh there there's some good there's some good stuff here. There's enough good stuff to where I'm going to give it a thumb up. But I, again, the the scramble only going three minutes and kind of ending just when it was getting started. Uh, Star and more ending just when it was picking up steam. Things like that are going to keep me from going all in with it. Mm-hmm. But there's enough good here that I agree. I want to see more. I I like I want to check out that show on the 19th with Arthur MacArthur and Thunder Kitty on it. I think that's gonna be a and that, that can be a fun little match. That's the only match I've I've heard announced for, and I, and and they've already got me hooked. So they're doing something right. Right on. All right. Why don't you uh, plug your stuff? Let's go home. Uh, I absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Uh, also follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. I, I am still playing on doing that Fire Pro project with the Ultimate World Title Tournament. I Unfortunately, some things happened this week that messed my schedule all up. So I didn't get it started this week like I was planning on, but I will be starting that as soon as I get a chance. So check that, check that out. All right, and remember, you can use promo code PWP for five days free at independentwrestling.tv. And remember to check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby. And our other friends, PWPonderings.com, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Big Stark's Brand, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, and Kayfabe Collectibles. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk to you next week, everyone.